It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome to MedRoom Chronicles, Nursing Uncensored. Join nurses and other care providers as they let you in on discussions usually reserved for the privacy of the locked medication room. In this weekly nursing podcast, the filters come off and we tell it like it is. Your hosts, nurses Adrienne Benning, Andrew Craig, and Brad McLaughlin are here to educate and entertain on all things in the nursing world. This podcast is intended for nursing students, nurses, or anyone who wants a sneak peek into the real world of bedside nursing. So join us, laugh along the way, and maybe learn a little something too. And thanks for listening, guys. Hello, nurses. Here at MedRoom Chronicles, we may be uncensored, but we are not unfiltered. Protected health information has been changed and concealed to comply with HIPAA. The things we talk about are combinations of years of experience with thousands of patients, things we've read, or stories we've heard. If you think we're talking about you, we're not. Also, we're real nurses here to provide accurate and helpful information, but don't take us as fact without doing your own research. Refer to your state's Board of Nursing, Practice Acts, and your institution's policies and procedures if you have questions about your practice. Lastly, our very strong opinions are ours alone and do not reflect that of our employers or educational institutions. Thanks for listening, and happy nursing, folks. Welcome to Episode 3 of MedRoom Chronicles, Nursing Uncensored. Today we're going to be talking with nurse and my personal friend, Brad McLaughlin. We're going to start out today learning a little bit about who Brad is and why we should care about what he has to say. Hi, Brad. Will you please go ahead and uh, just give us the skinny on who you are? Okay. So I've been a nurse for about four years. Um, I started in the dread long-term care, as we all know. Um, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm definitely not cut out to be a long-term care nurse, but me neither. Um, <laughs> so I've been in the hospital for about three years, I would say. Um, various hospitals, and then I decided to travel one day. And that's how Just I one day, you, you were like, one day I'm leaving, I'm going. I'm going somewhere. And the corn state was not exactly the first choice, but <laughs> that's where I ended up. <laughs> so was that just kind of like what had an available assignment for you when you wanted to go or what? Uh, actually, it was more of my recruiter who said, if you could do that assignment, you could basically go anywhere you wanted afterwards. So I was like, okay, I can do that. Is that because the hospital that we work in is so brutal? It's like boot camp. It, like, makes it so that you can be a superhero at any hospital. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think what they were trying to say is it was prestigious, though. So. Yeah, so I think both are true. I think both probably are true. <laughs> but anyway, I met Adrian as a nursing assistant, yeah. a very good one. I'm oh, thank add. you. Oh, thank you. I, I did it for a long time. I better have gotten good at it after all those years. <laughs> well, you, well um, some don't get that good after that one. Yeah, I guess, I guess. So, but yeah. I, 
I spent the six months with you, right? Yeah, yeah. It was. And then when you left, I was like so sad. Like other travelers that had come and gone, like I missed them. But like I was actually, I mean, to be completely honest, I was kind of pissed that you left because I was like, ah, he was. I mean, I felt like instantly, like it was like that scene in Step Brothers where I was like, oh my god, did we just become best friends? It was kind of that feeling that I had after, and then, yeah, and then you left right before, like, your contract ended right before I started working as a nurse. Yeah, a baby nurse. A baby nurse. I literally think, I actually, on my Facebook page the other day, I found that photo that we took after brunch, like, the morning before you, like, left my life. Um, <laughs> um, and in the caption, it said that it was like right after my last nursing assistant shift. So I'm pretty sure you literally left like the second I finished my life as a, as exclusively a CNA. Yeah, that's right. And how long was it after you passed your test? I can't remember. Um, when did you leave again? Oh, I think it was <laughs> the timeline. Yeah, so I, so I got my license actually on July 1st. Like that was the day I found out that I had passed and that I had a license number. So, um, I mean, it was literally like right around the same time you left. So I had never even, you know, signed my name as a nurse when you left basically so so yeah so that's why the other night when we both worked together for the first time which it hasn't happened since <laughs> yeah um although it's still early in the game but it felt so weird to me not for any reason other than i was totally used to seeing you walking down the hallway in our designated colored scrubs but i wasn't used to being like in those scrubs exactly so <laughs> um so this is still a new experience so but I think yeah. that I think that you bring a lot to the table because not only do I think you're an excellent nurse and I I literally like have been awaiting your return not just because we're friends but also because I'm like I can learn some shit from this guy. So um uh yeah, so that you know, not that I have to kiss your ass on the air, but um I respect you and the experience that you have and also just kind of the way you approach things. So I'm glad you're able to join me and that we're able to talk about things because um I think you have a lot of valuable things to say. And for those who have listened to other episodes, I also have done some episodes with Andrew, who also uh, was one of my coworkers when I was a CNA, and he's a traveler right now. So um, we've got a lot of different perspectives coming to this uh, forum. So welcome once again. Um, what are we talking about today, Brad? What do we want to bring to the people? Oh, I don't know. I think the biggest thing right now that's in the, kind of in the news, not so much news, but what, we get our news from it's, Facebook. It's, there's now. buzz. There's buzz. Right. There's buzz going around about nurses and the use of social media. Yeah. I think this is a big deal. So in the four years that I've been a nurse, I think I've heard more about nurses getting terminated for the use of social media. Than for any other reason, right? Yeah. 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 And, and oftentimes it's not malicious. Oftentimes it's somebody said just a little bit too much in a Facebook post or I don't know, what they, what other or what else? Well, I mean, I think in I think we've actually had a run in with it not mm-hmm. so recently, but people just taking harmless pictures or at work taking pictures that's yep. not even work related and, and in the background, you know? Yeah. So it's a big scary deal because we're not just talking like, oops, your manager called you in and whatever happened online is, you know, suddenly an issue. It's like not just between you and them, like this is a federal law. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about for nursing students or um, new nurses, I'm talking about HIPAA, the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1996. That is quite the mouthful. Um, (laughs) But 
Yeah, so basically it's what protects everybody's health information. And with that protection comes, you know, like you not talking about them on social media, whether it be a private account or not. Because guess what? A private account can still be screenshotted and taken into, you know, administrators. And um, I actually, you know, I'm willing to talk about my own experience because I actually early on was pulled in to an administrator's office as a nursing assistant for saying just a little too much. Now, I was lucky it wasn't such a violation that I was actually in legal trouble However, it was close enough that someone that saw it reported it, and I'm glad they did because it was a mild violation, and it didn't actually reveal too much, but it was on the borderline, and it just it made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. It caught my attention. Yeah. So, and, I mean, yeah. I can, anyone can have that run in, really. Yeah, absolutely. And so there are actually, I'd like to make a list just of some of the ways that this can go wrong because there are a lot of different ways like like what we're talking about now you could accidentally take a harmless picture of you and your friend and on the wall behind you there's an assignment board with a list of 30 names um and you know people know where you work your employer is listed on your facebook page suddenly you have a major breach of yeah patient confidentiality. So that's one way. A second way is that patients reach out to you and they want to be your friend, they want to follow you, and then you have the dilemma of, well, then it opens a whole different Pandora's box. We'll get to that. So then there's the act of actually interacting with patients on social media. And then even the third way is um, that... uh, you can incriminate yourself in ways that affect your patient relationship. Um, And what I mean by that is, like, for example, say you have a patient that comes in and they come in a lot because they're detoxing, you know, and you know that they have alcoholism and they have disease related to that. Well, you come in and you're trying to, you know, give them patient education on what their drinking is doing, and they don't want to fucking listen to you because they saw a picture of you on Facebook doing a a beer bong in a bikini in Cancun, you know, like, so you have to think about this. Like, your credibility is at stake as well. What kind of image are you putting out there? Um, You know, I Google my name periodically, not because, basically just because I want to make sure that there's not horrible shit about me that pops up on the first page of Google. Not that I put anything out there, but, you know, picture me walking down the street picking my nose or something. Um, You have to know what you're putting out there because it is permanent. The deep, dark Internet is not going to let that shit go, right? Would you say those are some pretty overarching categories of the way this can go wrong? A lot of us put everything about our lives on Facebook, but what you, what some people don't understand is when you add, let's say, you know, you update your information and you say, I work at blah place, you have now opened your whole profile for that place to look at. You have to mm-hmm. understand that what you post, now your employer can look at. Um, and I don't think a lot of people understand that because... You may like the page of your employer, and some employers even require you to like their page so that they can keep an eye on you. So you mm-hmm. have to really be aware of what you post. And I can talk about one of my runs too, because it was maybe a little more mild, um, but it wasn't a, an offense that was, you know, I couldn't have, no, no one could have done anything about it. Um, when I was, I think it was two years as a nurse, I had a patient that we had given a lot of medication to. And I'm not talking like one vial of medication. I'm talking like 12 vials of medication. And one of the other nurses decided to take a picture of it. You know, like, holy cow, this is a lot of medication. Right. And she was the one that posted it. But um, I commented on it you know, as someone usually does. And what we didn't realize was the, the 
location of where the med dispensing unit was had the unit on it. So there was no patient information. Oh. There was no there was no name. There was no identifier. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. But the only thing was the unit was listed on the medication dispenser. So basically, you gave a giant X on the map of where all our drugs are in this hospital. (laughs) Thank you. There's your treasure map, guys. Yeah. So we did get called into the office, and actually the other party took responsibility because it was more her fault because she posted the picture. But... um, it just goes to show that even the simplest thing can identify you. Absolutely. And it can really create a detriment to not just you because you violated that, but your patients. You know, think about, you know, say you're, you don't even necessarily need to work in a small town, but, you know, say you post something that is enough of an identifier that someone else that doesn't work on your unit knows who you're talking. I mean, you don't know what references people are going to get. So even if you try to talk in code or, like, use very general terms, it can still be enough to trigger someone to be like, oh. And, you know, I already, in my first year of nursing, I've taken care of patients and then a family member comes to visit and it's a person I know and I did not plan on seeing in that moment. And my response is, um, if they recognize me, I will say, like, by the way, my roles in and out of this building are distinctly different roles. And so, you know, I, I hope you expect that nothing will be discussed across those boundaries. Um, I used to work in a gynecology clinic, and so I used to actually say to my patients, because, you know, these are people that, like, I went to school with or saw at the grocery store. And one day I was rounding the corner of the bread aisle, and I saw a woman that had come in for an STD treatment, and she was with her boyfriend, and her face went white as white out. Like, she (laughs) suddenly was like, oh, shit. And I pretended like I didn't know her. I just kept about my business. And hopefully she was like, oh, phew. But, like, after I had that experience, I made a point to say to my patients, like, if I see you on the street, unless you approach me, it's like I don't know you, okay? And most of them would sigh with relief and be like, okay. Because most people don't want, you know, don't want to have those interactions when they're just going about their lives. It's funny you bring that up because... I feel like we get the same feeling, like, on the other side, like, when we're the patient, mm-hmm. and then you, you meet someone in the, like, the grocery store or something. You get the same feeling, because, you know, you, even though we are so versed in the healthcare universe, we still have that thing in the back of our mind, like, are they going to recognize me, and are they going to not? 
do what we do. Well, like, okay, yeah, and here's the thing. You also never know. I mean, I don't want to get too far off topic, but just as you were talking, it made me think of this, and this is kind of humorous to me. So in the span of walking from our unit to where I park in the parking ramp, I have run into these categories of people before. Okay, I'm going to list them. I've run into my gynecologist, who's been my gynecologist for like 20 years, and she's amazing. But it's weird when you're like, oh, hey, hi. And then you're like, oh, I know this person because she puts a speculum in and brushes my cervix every few years. Like, (laughs) that's that's weird. (laughs) I, in the same skywalk, will run into my clinical instructor who made me cry the first day of clinicals. By the end of clinicals, I loved her. I absolutely adored her. I see her in the skywalk. I see another person who I never dated or did anything naughty with, but flirted with heavily for a long time. And I also am just professional. But like in a span of like 300 yards, I can see people from literally every aspect of my life, like my personal life, my professional life, my very, very private life, you know, old bosses, ex-coworkers, you know, patients that I've seen before, like all of these people I can run into just fucking walk into the car. So I do want to point out that that's the best part about moving to a brand new place. <laughs> you don't, yeah, and you know what? We kind of want that again, which is why, you know, I've talked about wanting to travel like all of the other nurses around me. Um, but that's kind of, I kind of want that anonymity again. I grew up in a big city. Iowa City is kind of like, it's small town, but just big enough that it's not a small town. I mean, it's very strange here. So there are times I can go a whole week without seeing anybody I know, and then the day that I don't shower and I didn't brush my teeth and I still have last night's makeup on, I see everybody I've ever met in my life at the Hy-Vee, so um, (laughs) the grocery store. So... Yeah, and so you have to be careful. And then, you know, social media. So let me, did you, I can't, sorry, we got so far off topic, but it's fun. Um, but, but, you know, this stuff that everyone knows, that we will get into traveling and that topic at a later date. Yes, um, we will. But I want, I do want to stay on task. I'm the one that throws us off topic. Um, <laughs> back to the social media. Too. Yeah, well, yeah, but my patients are well cared for, and everybody usually has a good time as long as I'm not totally freaking out, which that also is another topic, new nurse freakouts. That is a topic that I really want to touch on. (laughs) This was how my episode with Andrew went, too. We'd be, like, talking about something, and we'd be like, oh, yeah, we got to talk about that later, too. I mean, this is what the world of nursing is. It is an endless cycle of things that we have to talk about right now. Yeah, and and a lot of and a lot of food. food in the break room. Yes, food in the break room. That's so funny. That's perfect. Yes. Um, so yeah, but okay, let's let's refocus. Social media. So we've talked about running into people in person, and that's social, but that's not social media. So um, no, it kind of is. It kind it's of is. Pretty. It's pretty on topic, actually. I, because it is. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> mostly because. These people have met you, and they might actually see you on social media, too. And if if it's someone with, like, your doctor, do you friend them on Facebook, too? Like, you know, you've known this person for 20 years. You know, that's something you also have to think about. Right. And so I actually very recently, so um, just a little bit of self-promotion, I have a blog called Night Nursing Nuances, and I did a blog post. I'm actually looking it up right now. Um, I did a blog post about social media because I got my first ever friend request from a patient. And ordinarily, if it was just someone that I had taken care of once or twice, I would have just like flippantly just been like, no, sorry, nice try. But... um My blog post is about, um, I wrote it on May 10th, and if anybody wants to look it up, it's at Nurse Drizzles, D-R-I-Z-Z-L-E-S, at wordpress.com. Anyway, this was a real conundrum for me because this was a patient that I took care of through a really, really hard, long, at times, dark recovery. And this person ended up, 
leaving healthy and not about to die. And it was really, it was also like in my first few months of nursing. So this person actually was really special to me. And so my instinct was, oh, yes, I want to see everything this person is doing, and I want to know how they are, and I want to talk to them. But then I immediately had this feeling of, like, "Mm, no, no, because, like, I'm I'm a pretty mouthy person. Like, I try to keep my rants on Facebook to a minimum. I've tried to stop putting political stuff up there just because it makes me absolutely fucking insane. Um, but I immediately was like, mm, I need to decide here and now whether it's all or nothing because I feel like it's a slippery slope you approve. Because we, we see a lot of the same patients over and over again based on the nature of their conditions. And so it's very possible that like, and also these people know each other because they're hospitalized together at the same time. They run into each other in the cafeteria or wherever in the hallway. So it's a small network. And if I let one of them in, I have to let them all in, I feel, because I'm not someone who's going to play favorites or make someone feel bad or whatever. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it, so here, I want to actually open up my, my, my blog post because I feel like I made some good points. So how do you feel about that, first of all, the fact that these are people that um, do you feel like it's an all or nothing kind of thing? Like if you accept one patient friend request, you can't pick and choose. You got to let them all. It's like inviting kids to your third grade birthday party. Your mom's like, you can't just invite like your five best friends. You have to invite your whole class. I feel like it's kind of like that. Do you? Um, I don't feel that way because my my policy has always been never to friend a patient. Um, I did have an instance where I did have a patient friend request me, but it was also while she was still in the hospital and she was young. So mm-hmm. you real I, I mean, I thought about it very fleetingly, and I was like, obviously, I'm not going to because really, I shouldn't open that door for that type of relationship. Um, granted, she may have friend requested me because we had a pretty working relationship and I was the only one that she was comfortable with in the hospital. But I also said, I can't do this with anyone. No, no Facebook friend, you know, right. because then, mm-hmm. then you're getting into the dangerous waters about if they friend request you, they could also reverse and say, well, this person did something that violates HIPAA. You know, so you never know. Right, right. And, um, yeah, I think I think it's a slippery slope. So I, too, have chosen not to allow any. And I actually, this person that, um, that friend requested me, because it was someone, I wouldn't have done this ordinarily, but because it was someone that was so special to me, I did send just a really brief reply that said, hey, it's nothing personal, you know, every nurse makes this decision for themselves, and I have chosen to keep my social media private from anyone that has been a past or potentially future patient of mine. I hope you're doing well, the end. So I did do that. I wouldn't have done that for anybody, but in this case, I felt it was important for me to say that to this patient. Um, But... um, yeah, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't accept a patient. So one of the other reasons I have, I'm just going to go through my list, and then I'd like your rebuttal on each of these if that's cool with you. That sounds great. Number two, because people like lists. I am such a list maker. My whole life is a series of lists. Number two, I feel that I should not clutter the relationship. Um, I'm a very opinionated woman on political and social issues. Generally, I'm leaning in the direction of helping people who are, like, underserved or getting screwed by the world at large. Um, But I, like, I don't want to know if people that I take care of have these, like, ideals or beliefs that are, like, starkly in contrast with mine. Like, I don't think my care 
like, I'm going to give everyone the same care because that's what I signed up to do as a nurse. I am not going to, I don't want to be subconsciously or consciously swayed by knowing that, oh, this person feels this way about this issue. This person is a racist. This person is a homophobe. This person abuses children. This person is in jail. Like, I don't want to know about that because I don't want it to affect my ability to save their life. That's, that's how a, I feel about that. That's a very accurate view. Mostly because... You know, yeah. yeah. Mostly because we really shouldn't let that stuff get in the way of taking care of people, you know? We can't... Right. We can't really refuse to care for patients unless we feel unsafe, and we'll get to that in the another topic. But, right, um, right. You know, in nursing school, they're always like, you can't really refuse to take care of someone based on views. Um, it's just not... I mean, you can, but... It's when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Very hard with staffing ratios. You better now. have a damn good reason if you want yeah. to turn down a patient, basically, yeah. is, is you, how it goes. You can. You can. I mean, most most places have coworkers that would be understanding and say, okay, well, we'll switch people. But, you know, you can't. in some areas, you can't do that. Like, inner cities, places like that. You have to let go of your judgments and you have to take care of a person for the greater good. And right, right. Like you're saying, adding them on Facebook might open that door to look at different things that might cause that to happen, you know? And also in reverse, I don't want that patient to think that I'm going to take different care of them because I might disagree with something they believe or posted or whatever. Um, I don't want, so that's what I mean by don't clutter up the relationship. Like, I want that patient to know that my role there is not to discuss religion. But, you know, I'll let people talk about whatever they want. I give really generalized neutral responses, unless they're, like, being incredibly offensive to like myself or a staff member or something like that, in which case I will say like that is inappropriate and I would like to talk about something else or I wish you wouldn't say that or whatever. Um, like I, I I don't tolerate abuse, abusive language. But if somebody wants to talk about like how much they love or hate the president or whatever, like I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, can you believe that like I'm just going to be like, you know, uh-huh, okay, here's your insulin, here you go. Well, in those situations, a lot of what I do is, you know, to smile and nod, you know. You agree exactly. with them, you agree with them a little bit, and then you leave. You know, you get back on topic, you get back on to what you're trying to do with them, and it, it, it really works fine. Most right. people don't. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Um, another reason I don't want to... <laughs> get anyone on my social media. I, I, the reason I don't want to let people into my private life when I'm taking care of them as patients is because we've had some pretty manipulative patients, and I don't necessarily want them knowing really intimate details about my Not that I'm putting, like, you know, my address up on Instagram or anything, but, you know, I don't want that person to know necessarily what my soft spots are or, um, you know, I don't oh, want really? them... Yeah. Yeah, and same way, you know, if it's a patient that I feel is unsafe and would come after me, then, you know, 
Like, I'm always, I'm always grateful if I have, you know, like, let's say, I mean, I, I hate to single out the prisoner patient population, but say I have a prisoner that I'm actually kind of scared of, because we had one of these way back um, that I actually was like, I'm really kind of, like, there were two guards in there, it was someone who had been really violent in the ICU, and I was kind of, I was kind of scared, to be honest. Even though there was no incident, my shift went fine. But um, I was like, the person was on ISO, so I had to wear an ISO gown. And I was like, thank God I don't have to worry about covering up my name. My badge is under my ISO gown. Like, because sometimes you do have to worry, like, is this person going to get out of jail and come find me because I denied them pain medication that one time and they're really pissed and can't let it go? I mean, you've got to protect yourself. So, um, and that in general, like, there are a lot of things that I put on the Internet. And in some ways, I accept the fact that I'm not that hard to track down. But also, like, I'm a public employee. My salary is published online. Like, I'm a state employee. So um, there are certain things that I've accepted as, uh, you know, a certain amount of risk of living in the world. And also, I try to live my life in a way that's not going to super duper piss a whole bunch of people off to the point that they want to put a bomb in my flower pot, you know? Um, And this is one of the reasons um, I actually do not like that they put our last names on our beds because the last last facility that I worked in, we were allowed to cover it up with tape. And a lot of people ask why I did that. And I said, because I do not want people that really I don't know. I don't know any of my patients, really, on a personal level. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to know my full name because what if they decide, oh, I'm going to look him up and I'm going to find him, you know? And it doesn't yeah. have to be someone and that's so, upset with you. Right. And I want to, you know, I want to devil advocate for a second just because I want to keep all perspectives in mind here. Some Some would counter to that and say, well, you get to know everything about them, they should know who it is that's pumping medicine into their veins and knowing their most personal details about what their rectum looks like. So some people would argue that, like, you know, part of the part of doing this is that, you know, you like like your physician, how would you feel if you didn't know your doctor's last name? I mean, it's kind of, you know, I from our perspective, we want to be protected because we see patients that have psych issues, substance abuse issues, that are criminals, that are whatever, um, and violence is a real thing, and we'll talk about that in another episode as well. Um, but yeah, some, what would you say to that? Like, some would say, like, I don't want to have a surgeon, and all I know is his name is Bob. You know, or yeah. I don't want to know that the nurse that's giving me a tr- blood transfusion right now, her name is Sally P. You know, like, <laughs> you know especially I mean, since, you know, you're putting, you're legally putting your name on their medical record as well. So if they get their records, I mean, so I, mean, yeah, I, I see, I see what you're saying, but, but also like, that's one of those subjects that as a baby nurse I'm still like I don't I don't really have a strong opinion. I'm open to constant discussion and education. Yeah, and it's not so much I mean, you're correct that we do take care of these people and we we do things that a lot of people don't. But you have to think about all of the other services that also don't give their last name, like um paramedics. I mean, people that do some of the stuff that we do that also don't do, use their last names. And, I mean, that's true. I think it's a personal choice. I think it's if you want the patient to know your last name, you're more than welcome to. Um, I just know where I worked. It was not something that everyone was willing to do. Um, and we, uh, we, we did take care of a population that potentially could use that information. I guess that's sure. And, um, you know, I think I think also, you know, our I do want to point out that our perspective, or at least my perspective, I can't speak for you, my perspective is that of a mid-sized community. We have violence, you know, we've had murders. However, you know, I moved out of Chicago a long time ago, and so it's not like 
I'm living under constant threat of violence. Like some people are, like some people working in emergency departments in some communities. Like, you know, their their threat is way bigger than mine is. I, you know, I've been punched. I've had things thrown at me. Like I've had patients try to bite me. But like I've never had anybody like pull a knife on me, for example. You know, so I mean that's a separate issue. But I guess what I'm saying is that like maybe my you know, my openness with my my life and where I exist, I'm pretty open to it because um, you know, I have been I have been kind of in a bubble. If I you know if I lived in Cook County where I grew up, I wouldn't be like posting pictures of my front yard. I'm not you know like I. <laughs> granted, like the world is getting smaller and people can get to you no matter what. However, like. It, I'm an unimportant speck on this planet. Like, if somebody wants to take me out, well, they're going to find a fucking way whether I have a public Instagram account or not. Right. And, I mean, we all the world is so small now anyway because we have Facebook and we have Instagram and we have Snapchat and we have Tumblr. I mean, that makes the world pretty darn small, if you ask me, because you can type any person's name into the the Google search and find them, you know? Exactly. Just like what like well, we Googled ourselves the other day, you know? Yeah, and, you know, I think I joke about it, but I really do have a pretty large online presence because I have been so active with, like, blogging. Like, I did some stuff for a local um, entertainment magazine in town. Uh, I I blogged. I, I, was actually, I was actually a rock photographer for a little while. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Um, you know, small fish or big fish in a small pond but it was fun for a long time and people appreciated the work I did but when you google my name a lot of stuff comes up like everything from like family portraits that people have allowed me to post on my Flickr account to like burlesque shows that I've photographed like one of my top 10 like most popular photos on Flickr is from a burlesque actually two of them are from a burlesque show and one is from a belly dancing performance so (laughs) so yeah I have quite the varied online presence I'm sure people would like google me and be like I don't know what the hell she's doing but okay (laughs) yeah so yeah the, so yeah, all right. I want to get back on topic again. This is see, my life is one big life. tangent. My life is one big tangent. Um, so yeah, here. Um, so yeah. Oh, and that, that's the other thing. So there's been talk about it at work. Um, I don't know what the issue was. I don't know if you know what the issue was, but there was enough of an issue, I guess, at work that an email came out from management that said like. We don't officially have a policy. However, you need to be really damn careful. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Um, but then one of the CNAs that I work with, who um, I, you know, actually, I think I have a good working relationship with, came up to me and was like, I've accepted people, like, or I got a request, or I can't remember the exact conversation because it was like 3 in the morning and I was exhausted. But the CNA was basically like, what do I do? Do I accept this person? Do I not? Like, And I said, you know, it's everybody's personal choice, but here are the reasons. And I showed her my blog post because <laughs> I'm a shameless self-promoter. And I was yeah. like, you know, I personally don't, and here are the reasons. And she was like, yeah, I think those are really good reasons. And she was like, should I send a message? And I was like, well, it was the same person that I had sent the message to that was, like, special to me. Yeah. And I was like, eh, I'm sorry, nothing personal. And I said, well, you know, you can choose to say nothing or, you know, you can say something like, it's not personal, but I don't accept patients and, you know, I hope you're doing great and, you know, whatever. And she sent that. It was, like, two or three sentences and she sent that and, you know, left it at that. So I'm glad to think that, you know, I saved one person from potentially opening up that gate. And then in that same kind of discussion that I was having with her, another nurse came up and was like, oh, yeah, dude, I have accepted a bunch of people and I'm wishing I hadn't and now I feel bad because I don't want to delete them because I don't want to make them feel bad. But, like, 
that's why I just and so you know people make these like steps that they don't think through and they don't you know think through the consequences and then they're like oh I just fucking hate social media like I'm not using it anymore and it's like well social media it's like a car you can drive that car into a crowd of people and kill everybody or you can keep it on the road and it'll work just fine so as long as you're using it responsibly and thinking about what you're doing Social media doesn't have to be, like, the bane of your existence, like, you feel so exposed and there's so much social pressure and do I accept this person and will they hate me if I don't? And, you know, then you can just say to people, like, I just have a personal and professional boundary line that I keep very tidy and it's nothing personal and I hope you understand. Um, and then, yeah. you know, I've also had people that have offended me so much that I'm just like, <laughs> delete, I don't care. And then I still work with them, and I work just fine with them, and that's just that, you know? Yeah, and, you know, it's very interesting that the hospital doesn't have a policy on this because we hear a lot about people being um, terminated because of the social media right, problem. Right, right. They, if they actually don't have a policy, I mean... Then can, what grounds they can, are they using to terminate? terminate right. They could be using the legal federal grounds um, for HIPAA, um, but I'm not sure where that's stemming from. And for all of the nursing students that choose to listen to us, um, you're going to hear in your nursing education about the ANA, the American Nurse Association view of social media. Um, it's usually like one of the first or last things you guys listen or read mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they did send that out to us when they brought that to our attention um, and it's kind of what we've already been talking about the same views um, that you know HIPAA can be breached and patient privacy can be breached and really you shouldn't put any patient information on there so you know the federal agencies have also put out a lot on this topic because it is such a hot topic Mm-hmm. You know, I'm actually right now, I'm looking for, okay, so I'm between semesters right now, so organizationally I am a hot mess, but I actually have, okay, so I, when I started my nursing job, went through the entire full new hire orientation. You, since you already worked on the unit and know most of the policies that need to, that you need to know, um, you went through an abbreviated so I'm assuming they didn't give you the big long talk on social in nurse residency. In any case, they gave us these pamphlets about the responsible use, and I'm looking for them. And of course, because of the time of night it is, for those of you who don't know, Brad and I are also both night shifters, same as Andrew in another in our other podcasts are. So. I'm usually very fastidious and um, organized, but tonight is that's not happening. In any case, they did give us these pamphlets, but they were, you know, kind of, I don't want to say they're wishy-washy because they were helpful and did have good information in them. Gosh, I wish I had them. I will try to find them and post them on our Tumblr account um, so that folks can look at those. That's medroomchronicles.tumblr.com. Um, go over there and follow us. But um, it basically said, like, you know, it is your decision. However, here are the consequences of the choices you make. And so I think it's more like a parent, instead of saying, you know, you have to do these things, I think it's a parent saying, like, you know the rules, and if you make any bad choices, it's on you, bud. Um, So... But, you know, that's not much of a guide. I mean, it is because they say, like, these are some of the risks, these are the consequences, you know, this is what you should consider. Um, But really what they should say is, you know, unless you have a really specific reason or a specific job, you probably should not be connecting with people on private media. Like my Instagram account, it's public. However the most public, like the most personal thing I post might be a photo of myself and my partner. 
But, um, <laughs> set, yeah, just set up another account. Set up a dumb, not necessarily like a dummy account, but like set up, you know, an account that is literally no real personal information. It's like your public, you know, like your LinkedIn account, you know. It says who you are and you have two dogs and you like to go sailing, but it like doesn't have pictures of you doing body shots last summer down at your beach house. Like, because right. <laughs> you do that all the time, right, Brad? You like do body oh. shots down at your beach house? Daily. <laughs> <laughs> So, Brad, are you um, are you a big social media uh, fanatic like I am? Uh, definitely not. Um, <laughs> so Adrian snaps me like twelve times a day. <laughs> I snap maybe once a week. <laughs> I have Here's- not gotten into the Snapchat. <laughs> So Snapchat is a way for me to annoy my friends with, like, every little mundane detail of my life when I'm bored. And, um, you know, I'm not often bored. I'm pretty good at finding things to do. But I imagine, you know, in my head that I have a grand following on Snapchat. And really I'm, like, a a famous blogger. Because I watch Snapchat like TV. And some of my favorite... (laughs) Some of my favorite Snapchatters are, like, YouTubers. Um, like, I, she doesn't know me. We're not sponsored by her, but I fucking love Mr. Kate. If you've never seen Mr. Kate, I'm going to tell you to go over there. I have, like, no followership, no poll. Nobody on this planet besides you guys know who I am. But you have to check her out. I love her. But she snaps, like, like I will sit, like, I always watch her snap last. Because I will just, like, sit and just, like, set the phone down on the table and just watch them. And it'll just go for, like, a long, long time. And I love it because it'll be, like, her cats and, like, what she's doing and where she's going and cool shit. And, like, she has really perfect teeth. And I'm like, I like looking at you. So, anyway, Mr. Kate, if you ever hear this, which you never will, fucking holla. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, now that we're on the subject of Snapchat, what do you think about Snapchat in the setting of healthcare? Because um, you know everyone says, "Oh, it's it's not redeemable. It's only there for ten seconds." Like, you know. Well, first I don't know of all, about that. first of all, you not only can you screenshot traditionally anything so that you basically save whatever's on your screen. If you do that within, like if you actually do that the traditional way, they see that you've taken a snap, to, uh, a screenshot, so at least you kind of know, oh shit, somebody just took a picture of that, maybe I shouldn't post any more things like that. But yeah. also there are hacks and like round ways around everything. So like I don't remember how to do it, but once I Googled like how to take a Snapchat or a screenshot without that person knowing, there are ways to do that. So, you know, don't don't be sending titty shots or like dick pics or anything like that on Snapchat because they could even take that picture with another phone. I mean, let's be real here. Like, everybody's surrounded by, like, right now, I have my laptop, my tablet, and my phone all within, like, arm's reach. So don't tell me that, like, oh, it just disappeared and it's gone. you got to be careful with that shit. Like, the stuff that I post is, like, when I make a recipe, I post, like, artsy fucking poses 10 second shots of like what I'm cooking I'm sure that people that I have this you know lots of people I look people look at myself I have like 20 people that look at my snaps and I have a small group of people that actually like respond on the regular and they'll be like haha that's awesome or like whoa you know just like random whatever and but I love those interactions, like, because these are people that otherwise I might not get to have. You know, these are, like, friends that have moved away or, like, people that I knew when they lived here and then they moved away. And when we started talking on social media, we got to find out that we actually really would have gotten along if we had met sooner. So, like, I don't think I don't think social media is irredeemable. I, you know, some of my best friends including the year that you were gone, if it weren't for social media, like, we, I don't think, would have necessarily, like, we never, I don't think I even had your phone number till you moved back here, honestly. Like, because, because we were communicating through Messenger or through Snapchat or whatever. So, um, 
I think that while social media definitely can be a drudge on people's lives, um, and some people really do need to protect themselves from it, and if you're one of those people, please don't think that I'm, like, glorifying (laughs) that you get into that, but um, for me, it really is an important tool. Like, I like to talk, as anyone who's listened to these podcasts knows, I can talk forever. And if I <laughs> if I don't you have really people can, everybody. if if I don't talk to people online every day, then Doug gets home and I just I talk till his ears bleed. So this really <laughs> is a public service for Doug. This is so he doesn't have to listen to me talk about every single thing I saw and heard about and read about and every person I talked to or <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so, do we do we have any other points about social media that we want to share with our listeners? I don't know. Is there anything left on your list? No, that was all of it. It was a really short list. Well, that's um, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. But you know, um, I think I think those are those are the big points. You know, like you want to you want to protect yourself and you want to protect your relationship with your patients because you know, regardless of the setting you work in, like there could come a point where their life is really in your hands, and you and don't either. want anything muddying that up. Right, and you want to protect the you know the nursing profession really because if people start seeing certain things online or people posting things that will compromise personal information, they're going to think that nurses do that all the time, and they're not going to trust us anymore. And believe it or not, nurses are the number one most trusted profession in the United States, so you can't yeah, hinder that. Yeah, we are. And that's a big responsibility. And, um, you know, they talked a lot about that in nursing school, about how, like, you know, um, I, I have mixed feel. well, I'm not going to go into that. Let's just say... At times, I feel like nursing is like the military. We have a set of ethics that we work by. We are trained very specifically to fulfill very specific roles. You know, we have things we can do by protocol and things that we need to do with commands from those above us that, you know, have more experience or, you know, licensure or whatever. Um, But at the same time, when we're on the front lines, we have to make decisions that affect people's lives. And... um, you know, that is a big responsibility, and we do have to protect that profession. Um, I think there's probably a million more things we can talk about about this topic, but I think we've basically hit all of the major points. And, um, I agree. <laughs> I, I think that we could talk about this for days. Um, but since we can't, we want all of you listening to comment. We want to hear your comments. We want to hear what you think about what we've said. What's your policy on social media? Do you let people in? If you have, what has your experience been like? And how do you draw boundaries when patients try to step over them? Um, yeah, give us give us some love, share, like our posts, and come back for more. We've got a lot more coming up later. Are uh, are we going to hear from you again, Brad? Are you are oh, you on board? board? All right, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you're a part of this. One day I'll uh, have to try to get you and Andrew on the line at the same time because then we can really get a round table going. Have you met Andrew? I can't remember if your timelines crossed. We met, what, one? I think we went out okay. to breakfast one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think, you know what, my memory in the middle of the night, well, it's not the middle of the night, it's 1030, but um, <laughs> my sleep schedule's off because I've had so many days off lately. But um, he, I think he said the exact same thing to me when I asked him if he had ever met you. So I should probably write this down so I don't forget again. Yeah, <laughs> met at yeah. breakfast. At brunch. There we go. Was it at, was it at Bluebird? Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so the next episode that we do has to be, or one of the next episodes we have to do has to be about night shift breakfast, the ritual. It's not just um, an occurrence. It is an important ritual. And actually, our breakfast club kind of fizzled out a little bit. So, Brad, now that you're back, we need to resurrect our post-shift breakfast club. It is a staple of night nurses 
throughout, well, I don't know about throughout history, but throughout all of the time that I've been in nursing and healthcare. So we'll save that for another time. It is, is and actually, I've heard other bloggers refer, or vloggers refer to it as well. Um, you know, and they, everybody has a different experience with it. I've had some very specific and very warm, fuzzy memories um, that I would love to talk about another time, but but that is for another time. So, um, Brad, I want to thank you for joining us. Um, no problem. List, listeners, keep coming back. Like I said, I'm not going to throw those plugs again. We already got those in. But, um, yeah, come back for more Medroom Chronicles, Nursing Uncensored. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, bye, guys. Bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.